Welcome to Q&A Quest episode 259. I'm your host, Mike Apps. Can't think of something clever, A.K. Wheels. With me as always. Idiot Doom Spiral, David McBurney, Family Master. See, that's clever, goddamn. Goddamn it! Goddamn it! stolen directly from Disco Elysium. There's a character just labeled Idiot Doom Spiral. Doesn't matter. I played lots of games with clever things, and I couldn't think of stealing from one of them. It sucks. It sucks. Everyone should play Disco Elysium. That's what we've learned today. Yes. Uh, how's it going, Will? Tell me, tell me about yourself. How's it going? Uh, it's, it's going. Really? Yeah, it's going. That's all you gotta say? Yeah, that's no, no. what I got. Can watch Sonic 2 you again now. Oh yeah, Sonic. I need to watch that. I was, I was uh, finishing out other media that I can. I'll maybe talk about it later, but oh, nice. Uh, no, people uh, yeah. are constantly throwing shows at me, and it's just like I don't watch much TV. I don't care. <laughs> don't I was want... actually shotgunning a manga. I don't want to watch the boys. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, like Joe. I, said, I was first. I, I was shotgunning a manga, so. Oh, nice. That's me. I have a stack of Persona 5 manga I really want to read. <laughs> uh, good luck finding time. It took a long time to find the game. Time for the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, been been playing anything? Uh, I've been kind of playing some like random roguelikes and non-RPGs and stuff, but I have been. Um, plodding along in dot hack as well getting to nice. another arena tournament so i'll be doing with uh oh what's her name alcade yeah okay she's yeah. fun like alcade no she seems really fun and that's kind of usually my impression of most of the characters in this game <laughs> like everyone's just really fun yeah yeah. It's a very charming cast. Yep. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm so far liking the improvements in uh, part two. They generally sand off a lot of the rough edges. Yeah, and I like the hub area too as well. It's smaller and more concise. Oh, Daldona? Yeah, yeah. like, because, like, everything you care about is generally within a couple feet of where you are. Yeah. So it's, it's a very, it's a much simpler area to get. No, it's, it's very nice. So, yeah, I have, like, no complaints so far. I'm looking forward to uh, playing a lot more of that. Um, uh, Hi, Tam. Hey, Tam. Uh, but I've been playing some random stuff recently, like a lot of Dung Dungreed. It's just another roguelike. I've been playing some Slay the Spire. Um, and messing around with Apex Legends Mobile. So, uh, oh, and I did I did get the chance to 
play for a few minutes today that uh, Nino Kuni mobile game today, which is oh actually... that game that I only know because the YouTube ads that have been spewing through my phone suck shit. Yes, that. <laughs> it's very pretty. It's uh, nice. It looks kind of pretty, but I hate those ads with a like That's fiery true. passion because they're pretending to, they're they're probably. They're either fake stream clips or real stream clips, and it doesn't matter because they're super irritating. <laughs> they're extremely loud. Uh, what else was I messing around with my tablet? That I op opened up that Final Fantasy mobile game that is doing like the Persona 5 there collaboration. There are so many of those. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Brave Exodus or something. Exodus? Whatever, whatever the fuck. Just because it's doing like the the Persona Five collab, so I opened it up and there is so much mobile horseshit in there. I was like, I don't want to play this, and I deleted it. I do feel like Square has really like destroyed probably a lot of potential Final Fantasy phone revenue just by virtue of doing. Uh, being one so aggressive and two having so many of these, there are so many shitty Final Fantasy gotcha games a lot. that it's like they—they're they, self cannibalizing. Like there's even the voluminous Final Fantasy fandom only has space for one of these. And the Remember best... they had Mobius, yeah. Record Keeper, and no, it, in my Opera opinion, Omnia? the best one is like the one that seemed like the. the the stupidest one when it was first announced and that's final fantasy seven first soldier yeah because that's like just a game yeah no it's just like oh this is just a decent battle royale with some final fantasy fan service on top yeah and everything and else like, is just like it's... Just and like there's, there's, there's clearly an audience for gotcha horseshit but like doing like five of them concurrently was ridiculous it like, they starved each other. It was a weird choice, and I feel like they actually hurt themselves a lot in the mobile market by doing that. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, so many Final Fantasy games, like, phone games, I could just start making some up and you wouldn't be able to tell, because it's like, is Logica real? Yes, it is, but, I mean, who gives a shit? Final Fantasy Second Soldier, The Brave Revolution. Yeah, well, that's the next uh, season. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just like that's that's kind of like a like marketing wise, like that's just bad. Like <laughs> that's what happens when you overexpose a brand. Like you need to yeah. be careful about it because, like, when there's like fifteen of these damn things running around, what are they? What are people gonna do with them? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, what have I been? What have I been doing? What have I been playing? Uh, um, I have played some more Disco Elysium, as is obvious. Sweet. Uh, like I said, just enchanted by the phrase "idiot doom spiral." Uh, I played a lot of Street Fighter V because I was very tired and I didn't want to play something that I had to think about 
how long I'd be playing it. Like I could just play it by ear for like 90 seconds at a time and eventually I would stop. Oh, I just and fighting games are very good for that. Just remembered one other game I have to talk about, but I'll do do tell. no, I'll do it once you're done. And that's kind of it for games I've played. Uh, I did, however, also shotgun a manga as I previously alluded to. I uh, ran through the entire run of Chainsaw Man, which was pretty good. Nice. It's, uh, you hear you hear the name Chainsaw Man, and you kind of got about half of it from that. There's a man, he's covered in chainsaws. Uh, it looks metal as fuck, and it uh, has like that very uh, horror-tinged aesthetic. It's very popular in shonen manga for the past like five years. You see it a lot with things like uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, and uh, there's a tinge of it in Demon Slayer, I think, as well. Like, that horror-tinged aesthetic has been getting big in that space over the past five years, and this was just a, this is a very good one. Apparently, it might continue, it might not. It stopped at a place where it could conceivably just stop forever if the author wanted it to. Uh, there might be more. Who knows? It's a, it's a good manga. It's only 97 chapters, and if you know about reading manga, you know that a manga chapter is like five to seven minutes of a read. So... Uh... You know, that was, that was a fun thing to shoot through over the course of a few days. Uh, for a surprising amount, uh, a surprisingly solid emotional core for something with the name Chainsaw Man. <laughs> so, uh, recommended. Good times. Uh, let's see. Uh, I did want to touch on a piece of news that I realized was kind of an important piece of news that we just completely forgot about. I think. Uh, I need to double check that this... Uh, let's see. Hello? Hello? Hello, you're very quiet. Okay. Yeah, uh, no wonder I'm having a lot of issues. There you are, that's much better. Yeah, I've put up input volume to max. Yes. That'll Max power. Yeah. So I don't think we touched on. Did, did we touch on this when it uh, happened? The delay of, of like my, two of Microsoft's big games this year. I don't think so. Yeah, they fucking pushed Starfield into twenty twenty three. Yes. And Ar Arcane's Redfall, which is like a weird co-op vampire game that I think, honestly, is probably not going to do the same kind of numbers as Starfield, but I mean, who knows, that's been surprising the past. But yeah, uh, they, they pushed Starfield into 2023, probably for the best. It's pretty ballsy when you announce a game's, like, specific day of release, like a year in the future. And it's very rare that a company is willing to be like, yep, we, we fucked that up. Maybe, maybe don't. Uh, so yeah, that got pushed in 2023 along with Redfall. Uh, but yeah, that, that seemed weird to not bring up at least one. Yeah. Guess, so. Oh shit, what's up Hollywood? Thank you for 12 months. 
Thank you. That's terrifying, Damn. ain't it? I didn't realize I've been, I've been able to take subscriptions for 12 months. Damn. And here you are. Here I am. Someday those will, those will pay out and you'll buy like a burger. Also, hello, <laughs> Chaos, on the RP Gamer stream. I'll keep track of the RP Gamer stream. Thank you. Congrats uh, on being an affiliate for I can Thanks. if you want. Thanks, Hollywood. Also helpful. Either's fine. But... Yeah, uh, so that's, that's what I've been doing. What was the thing you wanted to... that you realized you needed to mention that you played? So... I don't know how long ago, but a while ago, I downloaded a game with a bad reputation because it was on sale in the eShop for like There's three bucks. Reputation. Uh, and decided to play it recently for the mm -hmm. hell of it and actually liked it. And that game is a Contra game. Just the, it's just the 3D one that they put, whose name I've already forgotten. Yes, Rogue Company, Rogue Club. Squadron, or Rogue something. Rogue, no, Rogue Squadron is very different. Rogue Core, probably, because it's yes. probably calling out the hardcore. Uh, I did not like it when I played the demo, but I mean, I'm glad you're having a good time. Yes, I mean, I can see why people wouldn't like it, because it is definitely... It's... It's like an action RPG, and it's not like a Contra game in the slightest. Also, the, for me, the controls just felt kind of shitty. But... Yeah, the controls are a little yeah. weird, but I mean, I yeah, I've been I enjoyed it. I'm probably going into it understanding that it's probably kind of garbage. I mean, yeah, you were you were aided and abetted by having spent three dollars. Yes, also <laughs> that. But yeah, I yeah, um, enjoyed it as like a weird RPG, action RPG-ish version of Contra with some cool remixed classic music. Uh, we'll see if that continues if I play more of it, but yeah, I had, I had some fun with it. You got your $3 worth. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I've never been the like, huge like Contra fan anyway, so other than like the first the NES game and the Super Nintendo game, that's about it, so... I've always that felt that the, as well. I've always felt that the hardcore school of design was inherently less interesting than the one through three design, but like half the games after that were directed by the hardcore director and thus follow in his footsteps for some reason. Uh. And thus we were given Contra Shattered Soldier, a game that was essentially about rotely memorizing literally everything because it was a game where you couldn't actually access the final level until you had literally perfected the prior levels. You, uh... You had a hit percentage that was... that One, you lost hit percentage for dying. Uh, and two, if you didn't get 100 hit percentage on all stages, you didn't get to play the last one. So, that sucked. Don't make games like that. That's not fun. But... Uh, if you've never heard the plot of Neo Contra, you should definitely do that because it's bonkers and kind of a parody a parody of Metal Gear. It's very strange. Weird. It's also set in, in the year 4444 on like a weird prison earth. It's very strange. Contra is weird. 
isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So yeah. yeah, this one's weird too, but so whatever. Chaos is asking if this is Hearthstone audio. Uh, yes. I, I, uh, I Chaos is definitely also playing Hearthstone. Yes, right I will try and add that video to the RP Gamer stream if you give me a moment. If you even care. <laughs> I'm on coffee. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to pay attention to it, or because I can't? Uh, I'm just, I'm just throwing it on. I can, I can see it in the background. If you catch something that I don't, like that's always good. No worries. Yeah, because I, I have it on my left monitor, so the chat is right on the right side off my main monitor. Mm -hmm. So what are you even playing? I've only been playing Idol Champions of Forgotten Realms because I have been binge watching anime. Living up to that name. I have 15 years of anime to catch up on. Not counting the old stuff I never watched. Yeah, you basically got enough until you're dead, but I yeah, mean, more power to you. So I have. Uh, I mean, let's see. Since Friday, I have plowed through. I've been reincarnated by as a slime. Um, okay. I've I asked for average stats in my next life. Okay, are any of these not isekai? Just just asking right now. <laughs> um, ate the uh, fruit of evolution and um, uh, what's 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 the rest of that title? Oh, and now my uh, and that made my life easier something like that yeah that that one's not an isekai not technically not technically it is a harem anime yeah those those two things are often excellent one yes yeah, and then um there's one more but it's another isekai but it's, I, it's I like fun. that one I was, just, I was just working it out yeah no i'm just like Unfortunately, that seems to be really popular for the last five, ten years, so I have all these isekais to watch. You don't have to. You're allowed to not watch them. <laughs> but I I will say, I'm actually, I've actually enjoyed... Like, if you're having fun, that's fine, but you described it as unfortunately. And I'm like, you, you don't want to watch these, you're allowed not to. No, I, um... The only, the only one I kind of was, like, eh to watching was uh, Fruit of Evolution. That one was mm -hmm. kind of, like... It was it was okay. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like it's, it's not one I would recommend. Like I would not recommend you watch it unless you want something a little bit fun. But it's not one I'm going to go being like, oh, you know, here this is really good. No. Oh, I also watched Full Metal Panic: uh, Invisible Victory. Forget which one that is, but fair enough. Uh, season three, if you don't count Fumufu as a season. Which it's it's a different kind of show, so I can understand. Uh, man, I forgot yeah, yeah. about that one. Yeah, so this this one is the uh, thir the third set of books. So books um, seven, eight, and nine, because they skipped. Didn't this one six. end up happening much later. No, uh, the, so this is the event that. So uh, no, I just I just mean in terms of production. Yeah, this is the one that took place like thirteen years later. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll see the because the if they do one more season they will actually complete out all the Full Metal Panic but there's no word on if one will be done or not. 
it feels it would it feels like it'd be weird to not at this point, but I mean, you know. Well, the Switch production studios between the second the between uh, second raid and Invisible Victory. So the second raid the original three were all done by Gonzo Digimation, which is just Gonzo now, Gonzo A yeah. AFK or something or AKK or AKF or something. Wrestlers um, of Dark Combat. Wait, no. But um, now the uh, Invisible Victory was done by Sebek which was, I think, one of the lead ones behind Nadesco back in the day. I think that's in the Nadesco credits. I've been watching Nadesco with some friends, so... Okay. Nadesco is funny. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Much different than the manga. But, so, that is everything I've watched in anime since Friday night. That's too much, just for the record. I don't even know how you... I don't know how you manage it, but good job on that. <laughs> I was called the anime man for a reason back in the Navy. <laughs> no, no, I get that. I'm just scared of it and don't want to interrogate it further. But... There, there, there's been choices made. I don't know if they were good ones. I mean, this is clearly the culmination of a lifetime for the choices, so I ain't here to question that shit. Yeah, so... But, uh, yeah, other than that, really, the only thing I've touched is, uh, Idol Champions of Forgotten Realm. That's the only game I've played, like, last week. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. Part of it is I just don't know what I really want to play. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that happens. You just sort of wait until something grabs you. It's healthy. Don't force it. <laughs> uh... So that was the news this week. I feel like there was some news that is just slipping through my brain like a sieve. Um, EA has supposedly been in talks with various companies for a buyout. Yeah, I think someone saw the kind of paycheck that fucking everyone who was in the, on the board and active got. And was like, yeah, uh, I think some of the names I've seen tossed around are like Disney, and like that's the that is the quickest fashion to that's the quickest access. Ugh. That is the quickest route to like there suddenly not being uh, any more EA uh, any of EA's legacy games ever showing up again in about five years. Well, they said the the one for was NBC because technically NBC Central is who owns NBC the Disney Universal. and all that. They said that was the um, one that went the furthest, but even that one fell through, so... It's a lot of money to lay on the table, and the companies that would most be uh, capable of such a purchase are also companies that typically don't have game development divisions because game development is a very feast or famine uh, moneymaker and every company has in the past like 10 years moved to what if we just made like subscriptions for everything yeah and so. i think part part of it too is the ceo wants to stay on after an acquisition has been maybe the issue i mean that probably doesn't help they don't want to have to buy someone out of the contract like that so. well it's also um Andrews and Andrews is not exactly well liked in the industry. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, honestly, people would deal with that if they were if they thought they could deal with like the money on the table. It's just it's a lot of work. 
it's a lot of work to uh, to integrate a behemoth video game business into your uh, other marketing plans. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, like, hopefully, hopefully, no one actually goes through with that because that would be another bit of horrible global consolidation. Not, not a fan. Not a fan. Um, uh, something specific I was thinking of other than uh, uh, the, Chaos, the most slice of life anime I have ever watched is Some Days Dreamers. It is the most slice of life slow anime I have ever watched, but it is a really the music is beautiful. It's it's it has it has magic in the world, but it's it's not like on display super you know everywhere type of magic. It's it's actually a very nice anime. And it is one I would recommend to someone who wants something a little bit slower and a little bit more down to earth in general anime terms. Please tell me you've at least heard of that one, David. Uh, I've heard the name. That's about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, no, it's kind of a slow news period just by virtue of... Uh, a lot of companies sort of holding their guns until June. Uh, there's another Live Alive trailer. That's kind of neat. I like Live Alive. I, I couldn't yeah. get into it, but I think some of it was just I couldn't understand how to play it. Yeah, that's probably not going to be fixed. But it's a neat game. Um, yeah, it looks like they did individual trailers for a bunch of the eras so about a, about a month ago they did some for like the prehistory section the imperial china section and a few days ago they did like end of edo japan near future so uh in the wild west so they're gonna trailering all the little uh like sub time periods so that's that's fun. Uh, Live Alive is still neat, so I'm excited. <laughs> but, uh, that's a that's that's you know just kind of neat to see. <laughs> that's that's about it. Uh, wonder if Wales will ever return from the great beyond. His uh he's been gone long enough that uh, I assume he's just. Uh, banned for life from Hearthstone. No, no, that says he he won before he left. But uh, his uh, stream of what appears to be one of the Valkyria Chronicles games has uh, dimmed to avoid screen burning. So, good job, Wheels. Uh, I don't want to go too far ahead without him anyway. So, um, 
Have you started looking through uh, Finer, Fine, uh, Fine, Fire Miner's new list? Yes, yes, I have, but we're not quite to questions yet. So. No worries. I, I was just curious if you, if you if you at least peruse through it. It's very long. It's an extremely big list. Thank you again, Fire Miner. Uh, the the Wheels has not yet posted last week's episode, but the, the universe is also not ready for last week's episode. So. Is, is last week's episode the one with the audio issues, right? No, last week's episode is the one where we didn't have any questions. So I uh, rambled for like a solid hour. Yeah, I got home from work. I was like, they're already done? Like, yeah, we didn't have any questions. Even... Wheels wasn't even on his own stream. I was like, man, nothing's going on. Okay. It also yeah. didn't help. I was, I think I worked late last Wednesday, so. Yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't have any questions. Both Wheels and I were completely bombed out, exhausted. And uh, I felt awkward uh, rambling about nothing without any even fig leaf of a pretense. So, uh... We stopped relatively quickly, which still means, like I said, I rambled for like an hour. Um, let's see, but yeah. Um, now, one of the animes I am sad that is not on Crunchyroll is Kaleido Star. Oh, uh, that's a name I haven't heard in many a year. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know who would own that at this stage in terms of I think, uh I think Funimation had it because they got a lot of ADV stuff. Yeah, that would make sense. But, so, but of course Funimation is now owned by Sony. Yep, who merged it into Crunchyroll in some fashion. Yeah, what does end up happening with this? Whatever. Um, they I also don't merged have a third uh, streaming anime service into it as well. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, oh, you're back. I'm back with Buddy. With what? Buddy. A child. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, did we want to touch on like more disastrophes going on with the fucking ps plus premium bullshit yes please so, oh with the uh with the asian side of things right now the asian side of things and also the fact that there's there's two different things you could be referring to about asian side of things one of them is that they were like prorating uh the upgrade fees such that if you had used any discounted uh like codes that they would like charge you both one if you would like use that to stack a few years of uh subscription like you know you buy like a couple two three discount years of ps plus in a sale and then stack like the three years you could not uh, a la carte upgrade to premium. You had to upgrade all of them. And you had to pay the difference both of how much the premium was going to cost you as well as how much the 
the difference of the discount from the regular price. And Sony has since claimed it's a technical error. It seems I don't know that I believe them. But that's that's their current like statement on the record is wasn't supposed to be like this. Uh, it's mm. yeah. I I again I don't know that I believe them. They have a history when it comes to uh, making. Uh, claims about how a service will function and then uh, doubling back on that without saying anything and then uh, only uh, doubling back a second time when yelled at about it. See also mm -hmm. the Horizon Forbidden West uh, PS4 and PS5 fiasco. Uh, so, you know. They do not strike me as a trustworthy source about their own motivations at this stage. No. But yeah, that, that's where we are. That sucks shit. Uh, and also, uh, they tripped on their own dick with the uh, presentation of PS1 games again. <laughs> so, let's talk about bro analog broadcast TV standards for a moment, shall we? Ugh. So, way back in about 1953 or so, uh, after a long battle between several different companies to try to develop a compatible color television standard in North America, the N second NTSC, North American, uh, North American Television uh, Standards Count Committee, something like that, uh, was set in place that uh, set up how color TV was going to work in the U.S. It was to standardize around a resolution of approximately 486 lines because pixels are not how analog TV works. Uh, and it was going to run at 60 hertz, which uh, matched a refresh rate, uh, which matched essentially how the uh, power works here. Uh, the, so that was, that was, uh, America's TV standard it has its ups and downs. Uh, it was not really suitable for the, uh, nature of so, how so European... what you're saying. It's, uh, not too shitty chap. No, uh, in any case, uh, the, this did not, uh, work, uh, for European... Uh, broadcasting, it was too complicated. Uh, not really too complicated, but like the geography is more uh, is more of an issue. Uh, it, it caused issues. So uh, a different color TV broadcast standard was worked out in Europe over the succeeding uh, about 10 years. They sort of experimented with the uh, setup that was created uh, for NTSD and ultimately created something called Phase Alternating Line. And the reasoning for that name is very specific and technical to how broadcast analog color TV works. and uh, involves, like, inverting phases uh, every line in order to ensure correct color values. It's very complicated, way beyond my ken. But, so Pal used that. But Pal also had a slightly higher resolution, 500, <coughs> uh, it's like, 567 lines, 576 lines. It's some weird number that is more than NTSC. 
uh, still way below any HD definition, but I mean, obviously, because it was devised in the 60s. Uh, where these spread has a lot to do with uh, alliances and the history of colonization. But suffice to say, NTSC propagated in North America for obvious reasons. That was the place it was developed for. And Japan, because uh, America was very, very busy occupying Japan quite a bit in the 50s, if you might, if you didn't know. Uh, so Japan inherited the NTSC standard. Uh, so same color TV broadcast standard, same resolution, same Hertz value. I am doing a shit ton of lead up to explaining like a really like basic thing to fuck up if you're doing uh, old school games, but like it, it just it, it's interesting to me. So you have to sit through this shit, uh, or you can or you can just go forward like ten minutes. It's fine. Uh, but basically, uh, over the years, eventually, uh, games start using TVs. As it turns out, uh, the games kind of have to rely on what the TVs are made, the refresh rate the TVs are meant to use. And so uh, the tendency towards 30 frames per second and 60 frames per second comes from the fact that most of the games that we were playing in North America were made either in North America or Japan, uh, where the games were uh, designed to deal with that uh, 60 hertz refresh rate. So typically, those games were, uh, you know, they, they would run, they, they would try to run at 30 or 60 uh, for the nature of uh, integer multipl multiple, integer multiplication, all that shit. Uh, PAL games did not. PAL games tended to run at 25 or 50. Uh, that's complicated to reprogram something to move from one to the other, and oftentimes it was not seen as worth it. So, most games released in PAL regions ran about 16.7% slower. It, uh, with little, if any, compensation. They might sometimes uh, retime the music to make it play at the right speed, but oftentimes the game itself would just run slower. Uh, if you've never seen this effect, go look up like a comparison between Sonic the Hedgehog in on a North American Sega Genesis and Sonic the Hedgehog on a European Sega Mega Drive, it sort of looks like you're playing a game underwater. It's very strange. Uh, and certainly European games were typically built to... Uh, built primarily with the standard in mind, with, with phase alternating line PAL, 50 hertz refresh rate in mind. Most of the PS1 games that you care about were not built with this in mind. They were built for Japan, NTSCJ, 60 Hertz, uh, or, you know, occasionally some North American games. Again, 60 FPS, 60 Hertz, uh, or 30 FPS more likely. Fucking PS1 game. But uh, put simply, there is no reason for the vast majority of any game you would ever consider re releasing to re-release the PAL versions of a game. Like, you could point out, oh, but PAL had higher resolution. Surely games took, care took advantage of that. Fuck no, they didn't. If a game wasn't getting retimed, re they weren't going to try to make it run in higher resolution. That was probably going to make it run even worse. 
uh, most of them were just letterboxed and they just gave up. So <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't work too well. Not ideal. Uh, all of the PS1 games that people have uh, seen in like the uh, Asian PS Plus premium that has launched are PAL versions of the game games forced to run at 60 hertz. That doesn't actually fix the problem. Not inherently. I haven't heard many reports of people actually playing them. I'm not sure how much this is just data mining. But to put it simply, it is possible to retime a PAL game to run at 60 hertz and make it indistinguishable. Uh, Nintendo actually did this with the Super Mario Sunshine version that is on the Mario 3D All-Stars collection. It runs... It is the PAL version running at 60 hertz, but it's been reprogrammed so it runs at the proper speed. There, it's not dropping frames or anything. <coughs> Sony, the last time that they re-released PS1 games on the PS1 Classic, had a much shittier solution. One that I am expecting they are going to do again. <laughs> they had an emulator-level solution that would just force the games to run at 60 by duplicating every fifth frame. That which means sound that good. It doesn't, it doesn't just sound bad. Oh boy, it looks like shit. It looks so bad. It's, uh... It's just, like, these PS1 games that often did not hit 30 to begin with. Like, you know, 3D environments on a PS1 are hard. This is hard. But you're, you're taking a game that is already probably running at probably about a native 20 frames per second and introducing duplicate frames so it just jitters constantly. Oh, fun. Awful. And if they've done that again, I will lose my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> to put this into perspective, the... Uh, and the Switch expansion pack launched in a relatively rough state. Uh, there were there was definitely some issues. Uh, there was definitely some issues with uh, the uh, emulation. They've slowly been ironing them out. Most of the games that are on there now. You would probably not really be able to meaningfully distinguish from their original releases at this stage outside of Extreme Grognardery. But those were all the correct versions of the game. Uh, when the expansion pack was announced, they made very clear that even European people were going to be getting the 60 hertz version. And every European person I knew rejoiced at that fact because there was no one nostalgic for the bad PAL versions of old games. There's not, a, I've never seen a single person who's just like, man, I sure wish this game ran shittier. But these, but so I don't, there must be like some like managerial like thing that is causing this to happen. Like maybe it's just like, oh, you have to use the last known build of the game. And because of the way these games were typically disseminated, the last build was almost always the European version for translation reasons, for PAL timing reasons, like all sorts of reasons. Typically, the PAL version was the last one made. So the only thing I can think of for why this keeps 
fucking happening is that they keep that is that there's some sort of internal mandate of you have the, is of use the last known build of the game. <laughs> there, there and, it could also be that uh, on a different line because this came up in a different discussion in regards to like um, Xenogears this week in our dis in our Discord about someone like you saying oh use the old source use the old engine I'm like those versions may not have been available and this is the only version they still have stored away somewhere that they can export and use like this is to, to put it another uh, I, I like I don't I don't want to be rude I don't think that's actually possible not not by virtue of the fact that like uh not 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 by virtue of me assuming that they have perfect source control but by virtue of the fact that like these are emulations. They don't need source code. They just need a copy of the game. So, and nothing on here is anything that they don't have a copy of. It's because it's all stuff that they've re-released in the past and have been known to re-release. Uh, th this is not a case of... Because, like, you, you look at something like uh, Xenogears or something like that. Like, if you wanted to just re-release Xenogears, what you need is... And is a disc image of Xenogears. You do not need uh, anything else to re-release Xenogears if you are running it in a pure emulation solution. True. If no. you want to make changes to Xenogears, you do need its source code for Xenogears. Okay. Sorry. As I said, it was only an idea. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. I'm just. I, I just want to clarify, like. Uh, the, the circumstance. You need source code when you want to make changes. You, uh, I, sh I should say, you don't necessarily need source code when you want to make changes. It's much easier to make changes with source code. You can find games that have had radical changes made to them through extremely bizarre and Byzantine setups. Uh, when Nintendo released an English translation of Fire Emblem 1 a few years back, I seem to recall the solution they settled on was this utterly bizarre solution where, like, I guess they didn't have the source code or didn't feel it was worth trying to mess with the source code of something that was written in assembly. But, uh... This utterly bizarre solution where it was, like, running a Lua script to, like, live replace <coughs> the script. Like, instead of actually hacking the original, uh, the new script in, they had just uh, had a script running over top of it to replace it based on what line was being displayed. It was, like, it, it made a certain amount of sense, but it was one of those things where it's like, this is weird. Uh, and th that's kind of the thing you end up having to do with uh, when you don't have source code and you want to make significant alterations to a game is that you have to, like, just have something snipping out for what it's going to do and tell it to like intercept that and do something else. Uh, Chaos re replied over an RP gamer saying, I think FF9 was 15 frames per second for battles at least. Yeah, at most. Yeah, probably about. Uh... Yeah, FF9 is one of those things where it's like, oh, this is why you didn't actually do four characters and a party on the PS1 because it's actually really hard to make a PS1 have four like detailed uh, character models plus a, a potentially very large boss model 
and all sorts of like effects and a reasonable like background battle decksimile. It's it's all yeah, it, it don't run good. Um but yeah, uh just just in general, uh if you're just re releasing the old game and you're not making any sort of changes to it, you probably don't need the source code. You just need a copy of the compiled code. If you want to make changes to it, you need the source code. And that's why uh, it was such a big deal that it was found that Nintendo still had a copy of the source code for Seiken Densetsu 3 and that allowed Trials of Mana to be properly released in English, the Super Nintendo version on the collection of Mana. Uh, was just... Uh, otherwise, it was going to involve like extensive hacking of a compiled ROM in order to actually... Uh, do anything to do with the script. Uh, let's see. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, they, they stepped on the dick and are doing the 50 hertz games forced to run at 60. We'll see if they have a better solution on an emulation level uh, this time, but uh, Magic 8-Ball says Outlook not so good. <laughs> um I, I just lost in how you... It doesn't seem like a mistake anyone should be able to make twice. And it, it gives, like, the sixth or seventh reason to assume they don't actually give a shit about this initiative. <laughs> they just wanted to have a more premium subscription and needed something to fill it out. Yeah, it sounds it's, about right. Uh, <laughs> It's not great. It's not great. Um, I would like old games to be preserved at least passively. And, like, Sony, you're making, like, everyone else is making you look like a literal clown show at this stage. It's bizarre that this keeps happening. Uh, okay. We have some comments in my chat to catch up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Joe asked if I'm a millionaire yet, and then Pete replied, he's a billionaire, spends it all on V-Bucks. Accurate. Uh, Joe... I don't know what those are. It's the currency <laughs> for Fortnite. Joe uh, then just says, it's my lifelong dream to beat Contra Nest with no continues or Konami code. That's a waste of time. <laughs> I already ate the world's biggest hoagie and ran onto the field during a baseball game and managed a beautiful country star. Yeah, that's that's a, yeah. He's just that, doing that's a, a high quality. That's a high quality Simpson reference there. Nice. Uh, someone's, Idiot ruins someone's baby doesn't like Hearthstone. That's a lie. He enjoys it quite a lot. Uh, and has anyone else watched the Valkyria Chronicles anime? I know of it, its existence. It. I did try and start watching it once. However, um, I forget what happened that caused me not to watch it at the time. And then, just didn't happen. And my sister yeah, is reminding me of suggestions to deal with this non-sleeping child. Idiot ruins game. Springfield forfeits penance. I am, however, now thinking of uh, one of my favorite uh, Simpsons uh, fake headlines: "Local man ruins everything." <laughs> Local man ruins everything. <laughs> uh, 
Wheels, are you local, man? Did you ruin everything? I did, and I'm sorry. Apologies. You're not sorry. No, I'm really not. But yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's the, frankly, just tragicomic thing that's been happening. Let's look some questions. Uh, okay. Uh, besides KOTOR and Fallout, which RPG gives you the dumbest turning evil choice? Hmm. I don't actually Infa play evil that often, so... Infamous 2. That one's just extremely selfish. <laughs> no, it's Infamous like... 2... You go through the game, and, you know, the good chick is giving you all the good things, the evil chick is giving you all the bad things, and then for the last choice that actually matters in Infamous 2, the good chick gives you the evil ending, the bad chick gives you the good ending. I will argue that in context that makes sense. On the basis of the things, the things that, like, it's been like 10 years, it's been a bit... But as I recall, on some level, the like self-preservation is or to uh, what good good lady is like pulling is ultimately pulling towards like live and let live includes like I want to live, and evil lady like the the uh, bad ending will involve killing something she cares about, so she pulls you towards the good ending. I get it. I don't think it's perfectly executed, but it was... I can see where, why they tried to go for the swerve, and I get it. I would argue that, like... To, to truly, like... Because when I think of, like, the things that are, like, the dumbest turning evil choices... Uh, like, like Fireminer here is referring to, I'm thinking of things where it's, like... It just requires your personality to do a 180. For you to make a choice that doesn't have... Like, you, the player, to have, make a choice that doesn't make sense with anything you, the player, have been doing. Uh, I think if I had to pull one out, and I'm going to pick on Bioware, it is the hidden ending of Jade Empire. Does anyone remember this? Do I have to remember Jade Empire? Uh, Jade, that's not the part that's the problem. It's the hidden ending, like... There's a lot of things that, about Jade Empire that are regrettable deeply, but uh, like the hidden ending is the part that I'm talking about. Very few people actually got this because there's basically no one this appeals to. <laughs> uh, I never really played Jade Empire, so... Okay, so I'm just going to spoil the entire game. It's about 20 hours long. It's a pretty decent game, aside from the like extreme cultural insensitivity that uh, pervades it. Uh, so Jade Empire's, uh, got, like, so I, I'm gonna try to explain why they thought this was a good one. So Jade Empire was trying to have, like, a more complex morality system than something like Dungeons and Dragons or Star Wars, and so they came up with this philosophical concept called, uh, Open Palm and Closed Fist, where Open Palm was typically choices you would associate with good people. It is about, uh, you know, but like, it, it, you know, you help people and 
do all the and do all the nice guy RPG shit. But uh, the actual core tenet of the philosophy is supposed to be that uh, people are uh, people have a place in the universe and they must be kept in that place. And so, like the idea of feeding someone's gambling addiction because it is their uh, desire to be uh, because it is their place in the universe to be a compulsive gambler is supposed to be an open palm thing, even though it is manifestly amoral. Uh, the game is not consistently written enough for this to really meaningfully come across. There's there's other situations where it's supposed to be uh, where the closed fist, which is typically associated with villain options, it's, there's a lot of just being a brute uh, that end up being closed fist options. Theoretically, it's supposed to be uh, asserting your will upon the universe in such a way as to uh, abandon your like selected place in the universe, and so this idea of like a uh, it, it might be th there's an argument that it would be open palm to allow someone to remain enslaved while closed fist to have them uh, to help them uh, break out of their enslavement and give them the tools to fight back against those who have enslaved them, that sort of thing. That is literally a scenario that comes up within the game. Again, they do not write this consistently. It doesn't... It's, it's not well-written enough to make this idea work. I get what they're going for. It doesn't work. Problem. They made an evil open palm ending. That's the hidden ending I was referring to. So, uh, partway through the game, uh, you your character gets killed. Uh, you fight what looks like the final boss and then your old master comes in and uh, fights you for like a minute and kills you basically instantly. Uh, you find out that he had been deliberately training you wrong all of your life in such a way that there was a weakness that in your fighting style that only he could exploit. Uh, and he has done this so that you would kill the Emperor and he could take up uh, their place in the power vacuum. You know, the usual villain shit. Uh, so you get killed, you get told about all this, you get told about why it's bad, uh, what, what like, why you need to stop these emperor, the, this, like, uh, emperor, this imperial line of succession. You go back, uh, you fight your master again, and then you get in a conversation that determines your ending. You can kill him and be, uh, choose to become emperor, there's uh, variations on this ending. Uh, you can kill him and, uh, like, let, like, kill him and become emperor is the evil closed fist ending. Kill him and, like, reinstate, like, a more just line of succession. That's the good ending. And then there's the evil open palm ending. The villain will tell you, tell you his, like, glorious machinations that he was trying to bring about, uh about, like, what future he had envisioned and how he was going to bring it about if you just let him do this. And in order to do that, for some reason, he has to kill you. Hmm. So the latter... The last quarter of the game has been you dying and coming back to life to fight him to, like, undo this. And then he's like, but what if you let me kill you again? And the hidden ending is to say, yep, I'm down for it. And then, because I and, guess that's you deciding that's your place in the universe. And then the game just ends. <laughs> yeah, he, he kills you and the game ends. Nice. <laughs> you get like an ending where like there's a horrible 
like authoritarian regime that rules over the entire Jade Empire, uh, that reveres you as a hero forever, but also you're dead, so who gives a shit? I don't know what, if any, like who this was meant to appeal to. Uh, there's a very good uh, post-mortem video about the canceled Jade Empire sequel on YouTube that was done by a former Bioware uh, employee named Mark Dara. Uh, it's at his YouTube video. It's like old game dev advice. He talks about this. Even he seems consternated as to why there was some seemingly someone in Bioware that just loved this ending because it was going to be the basis of the sequel before that got killed. Because they, they liked this, like, they wanted that world where it's like, oh, you're fighting fucking, uh, like, you're living in a world where, like, magic has been suppressed uh, for, a thousand, for, like, a thousand years because of the events of the Empire 1. And that's the only ending where that's compatible. So that was going to be the basis for J Empire 2 before they killed it. Yeah. Uh, Chaos comments, in visual novels, we call those bad ends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um so that's the that's the most nonsensical ending I can think of because it <laughs> as as the lovely postmortem says, uh like it, it seems weird that you just decide to let him kill you because he told you a nice story once. And like that that really is it. He just he tells you a story about what he thinks can happen and how that's good if you just let him kill you. And you do, and that's the ending. <laughs> and it's so dumb. It makes no sense from any direction. It makes no sense from a narrative perspective. Like, because you have to, you have, like, the, compulsorily, you still have to play, like, he killed you once. Compulsorily, you still have to play the last, like, quarter of the game to get back to him. To then decide to let him kill you again. It is baffling. I have never seen anything like it. I don't know who it was for. Anyone got one to top that? Like, just a truly nonsensical, uh, last minute evil choice or bad end choice? Did Wheels leave? Did Wheels die? Did I die? I don't hear anyone anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm dead, aren't I? No, um, I I don't know about wheels. I got up to go get something to drink, but then uh, found out okay. there was no iced tea left, so I came back to my desk to drink a Gatorade. Well, that's a shame. Rip. Not that, not that there's much wrong with Gatorade, it's just a shame you didn't have what you wanted. <laughs> Oh, the, uh, luckily this is uh, what what flavor is this one? Uh, this is the glacier cherry flavor, which is one I really like. Hmm. Yeah, we got infamous infamous two. We've got Jade Empire, uh, and Wheels seems to be dead on arrival. Uh, the Guys, the one. Okay. His his turn is about to explode over in a uh, Hearthstone, so he might he may be dealing with Kid again. Oh yeah, no, he... he must be dealing. Here comes Baby. Here comes Baby. But yeah. Um... And Chaos says you are alive. Thank I you. Am. 
Wait, what? What? Who's alive? Me. I'm alive. Okay. So, Wheels, uh, did you fall asleep? No. I uh, had to go put Trial down. Okay, okay. But yeah, uh, so we've got Infamous 2 and Jade Empire for, like, nonsensical bad ending choices. You got any uh, on your uh, end? Not that I can think of. Uh, let's see, was there something else? Uh, I'm, I'm, I will say, it's kind of in the vein, but not directly, is I'm tired of the colored-coded endings. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. We're going to be talking about Mass Effect shortly anyway. Oh, no. Love Mass not, Effect. Not that one, though. One of the, one of the better ones. Uh... It doesn't matter. All of them are still color-coded. Every, everything in these games, when it comes to choices, is always color-coded to some manner of degree. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot to do with just making sure that players can tell what's going on at a glance. I don't blame them, even if it does get repetitive. Uh, let's see. Um... Don't tell them. Don't don't make it color-coded. Life isn't color-coded. Yeah, but the, like you have to have very specific things you want out of things. Sometimes you just want people to be able to immediately tell what something, what's going on just at a glance. It all depends on what you're trying to do. Let's see. Uh... Yeah, the, the, the Mass Effect 3 endings are super bad, but on a different axis from this. Uh... Something else I was thinking of, but it's escaping me. If I think of it again, I will bring it up. Uh, which RPG has the most absurd requirements to reach an ending? I still haven't gotten the Everyone Dies ending in Mass Effect 2. Yeah, you'll never get that if you're pay playing any significant portion of the game, just because it requires you to actively be making to have few characters and none of them loyal in order to make that work it just it's very you would have to engineer that situation to ever make it happen it's just not happening uh i forget what the exact like there's just a bunch of arithmetic going on about who survives what and getting everyone dies is really hard uh especially if you recruit uh zaid uh who if you bought the game new, it was very hard to not recruit him. Uh, he he just makes the roles for it extremely difficult to get the bad ending from. Like Because even if he's not loyal to you, he's just like the kind of person who survives. And therefore, if you just leave him, if he's just there to, uh, if he's just there to like hold the line, uh, near the end of the game, he's just gonna like prevent people from dying and thus getting everyone dies is just a pain in the ass. You have to play the game very poorly and very uh, like with essentially no attention to detail. So basically no one ever gets it. I'm trying to think of RPGs with like really absurd like ending. Like, like a lot of RPGs don't have multiple endings. Oh, oh. Wait, wait. Going back to the last question of, uh, like, the dumbest turning turning evil choice. Uh, it's Persona 4 Golden. 
if you side with the killer in Persona 4 Golden, which you can only do in Golden. Uh, can you? Like, you base... You can, in Golden, if you have completed the killer's S-Link uh, as far as you can to that point, and then uh, there's, like, an extra option when it's asking you to point out who the killer is where you can just choose to deliberately cover up who it is and not bring them up. Huh. And that will give you an ending where you hang out with him while he burns evidence and sort of laughs at you for being the kind of stupid that would do that. Huh. So, like, I cut it some slack because it's clearly just an ending put in for novelty, just to give you the option to do it. But, you know, it's it's so obviously a bad idea. <laughs> like, it's basically just there so that the game can make fun of you for having done it. <laughs> and you know what? I respect that. Yeah. Good job, video game. Uh, if you just want to trek into New Game Plus faster, it's technically faster because it skips the last dungeon. But, or the last dungeon or two or three, depending upon how you've been playing the game. But yeah, that's... You know, that, that ending is just ridiculous. It is just there to... <laughs> it is just there for novelty. It is not meant to be a serious ending, and that kind of uh, makes it forgivable that it is completely nonsensical to do. But uh, most absurd requirements to reach an ending... Uh, it's probably one of the Chrono Trigger endings, actually, if I think about it. Uh, just because and it's not one of the ones that's like, oh, you just have to fight Lavos immediately, but one of those ones where it's like, there's a couple of them that come to mind where it's like, you have to, there's one that only shows up like right after Shala leaves, but before you follow her into a room that like, if you go and kill Lavos right then you get a really specific ending. And, like, that would strike me as probably one of the most uh, absurd requirements, just because it's, like, it's not really something you'd discover naturally because it requires you to just essentially be killing Lavos after every plot scene if you want to actually get it uh, without being told where it is. Uh, there's a number of those that are like that in Chrono Trigger, though. Yeah, no, but, like, that's the one I think of the most because it's the shortest period of time. Like, that, that one is just between two cutscenes. Whereas, like, some of the others, like, uh, like the, the Everyone's a Reptite ending is one of those ones that's like, oh, that's a beautiful, absurd ending. What causes that? Well, you get to the point where you're supposed to be taking down all the Reptites and you just finish the game instead. <laughs> There's also the... uh, not, uh, Marl being descended from Frog ending. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of those, like, like a lot of Chrono Trigger's endings are pretty fun. Uh, the new ending they added for the DS version might also be among the most absurd because it requires you to sit through a shit ton of really bad new content that you shouldn't bother with. Oh, that uh, stupid extra dungeon where you're going back and forth in time doing a bunch of fetish quests? Yeah, it's bad. Don't do it. It's bad. No, it's bad content. <laughs> it, it takes a game that's beautifully paced and wrecks it scatters it against the rocks, don't bother. Um, 
I know that Chrono Cross actually has a number of endings. I have never bothered getting any of them because I played through that once and it sucked, so I didn't bother. You, but you, you, you shut up. I'm sorry, but I'm not actually sorry. Um, He's not. But yeah, uh, like like the the Chrono games in general have a lot of endings, which produces this. Uh, just for just for raw busyness, probably one of the Suikoden games would probably register here, just because they require like there's a lot of characters where you have to be paying very careful attention to when and where you are in the game to get all 108 stars of destiny, which always affects the ending. So, uh, you know. Uh, you know, except, except uh, in three, where you only needed 104 to get the to get the ending. Yeah, but you're also, you know, you, you failed on a moral level at that point. No, because the other four are the other four you only get once you beat the game. You failed on a moral level. You failed on a moral level. I've heard that you failed on a moral level. This is true. What's that? I heard that you failed on a moral level. Is this true? Yes. Okay. Good to know. Uh, um, but yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, because the last uh, four characters you actually don't get till you beat the game. That's true. Let's see. Okay, let's hit another one of these. Now that we have Metal Slug Tactics, how many people would buy a Metal Slug that plays like Metal Max? Or rather, is there anything interesting to Metal Slug setting? Uh, it has very charming art. Uh, there's a lot of aliens. Please enjoy uh, the classic Metal Slug character, Mars People. But, uh, I mean, it's, it's a shooter, so, like, it's defined by its sense of cartoony wackiness, so it's got a lot of potential to have a setting. It, it it is very it, very cartoony wackiness, especially when you consider that in their free time they are part of the King of Fighters tournaments. Yeah, but I mean that's just some time. Um, but yeah, I loved uh, some of the more cartoony gore that showed up in later ones. Uh, I think it's Metal Slug Two or X, which are kind of the same game, but. Uh, where you can get turned into a zombie and it replaces uh, your grenades with just projectile vomiting blood. It's like, I'm, I'm impressed that you just put that in a game. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, there's, there's space for a setting. Uh, Metal Slug 3D almost has a story, but Metal Slug 3D is a crime and should not be played. Um, I think that the aesthetic, if main, if loyally maintained, is strong enough in Metal Slug that you can do that. Uh, the sense of wackiness is there, uh, but you know it's not a setting that's ever been meaningfully filled out. So it honestly probably would work for a Metal Max style setting, less post-apocalyptic though, still pretty war-torn. But you know, just just by virtue of it's an appropriate mix of uh, wartime and wacky, but you know, 
you like I, I don't think there's much of an appetite to make such a thing but then again i wouldn't have guessed that anyone would ever try to make a tactics metal slug game so who knows sky's the limit we'll see what metal slug tactics does with the setting oh here's one we can all have fun with what's the first emulator you ever installed on your computer Nesticle. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not sure if it was uh, NES Taikal or I, I. I don't call it that. I. I. Uh, what he called it. I called it NES Taikal. Or um, I get that, even though it was very much meant to be Nesticle, which is also why Genesis was Genesis. Uh, but yeah. No, actually, I didn't, I didn't have Gen that one. I had Gens. I used Gens for. Yeah. No, Genesis was just the. It was the same developer making like another disgustingly themed emulator yeah. um or if it was uh snes 9x for me it was ZSNES. i never could get ZSNES to work right i think i used for me it always used it ZSNES sort of ran out of the box. what's that i used these these ugh, Z snes before uh the other one Nest, before Nesticle? Nest, no, before the... Um, SNES-9X? Yeah, that one. But yeah, ZSNES was one of those things where it's like... Someone made an emulator that kind of works, and then fudged the rest of it to make sure that like the 50 or so games that people were most often going to play would work right. And it was... That allowed it to run on things that a more accurate emulator would never run on. And that meant that a lot of people used ZSNES at some point. But yeah. Uh, now long deprecated, uh, it has a theoretical malicious code exploit that could be uh, fished into a ROM file and then allow it unending and hellish, uh, allow someone unending and hellish access to your computer. So don't actually use ZSNES. There are, however, some tragicomic uh, YouTube videos of people running indescribably old versions of ZSNES with the shittiest sound and graphics emulation imaginable mm -hmm. and putting that on YouTube to hurt the souls of all those who watch it. So, uh, you know, if you if you decided that you're too happy in life, maybe maybe throw that up. throw that on your playlist and uh, enjoy being tormented by something that doesn't actually. Uh, uh, do you guys still keep your old demo discs? Which ones impressed you the most? I don't have anything that can even play a disc. Somewhere back at my parents' home is a library of Congress of PS1 demo discs. Wow. Yeah, I only ever had one demo disc, and that was the one that had Chocobo Racing. Uh, that's cute. <sighs> I once helped a friend date when they had purchased their PlayStation based on what demo disc it was packaged with. Mm -hmm. Like, I am a fiend for these fucking things. I love them because, one, they were a snapshot of what a, what companies thought was going to be big at the time. Like, no one was making demos for things that they didn't think that they could sell to a fairly wide audience. Uh, and so you get some real dumb forgotten shit like Typhoon Wrath of the Tiger. Um, the old PlayStation underground demo discs would also have import sections where you could play things like Ori no Riori, Remote Control Dandy, uh, 
some weird game about a hamster driving a forklift around. Just real dumb shit. Uh, so those are those are near and dear to my heart. Uh, like the the PlayStation Underground discs meant a lot to me as as the Wii lad. So uh, those are those are my personal favorites. Uh, but I, I give the top crown to the one that had a demo for Orinoriori on it because that accidentally spawned an entire series of uh, indie games because uh, Cook Serve Delicious started as a fan project to like semi-recreate that demo on PC. And mm. then built up from there. And so... That's that's the one with and some obvious legs. Uh, they they would keep doing uh, the demo shit for a while, even in the PS2 era. There is like an official PlayStation magazine demo that was partnered with PlayStation Underground that had a demo for Chain Dive on it. If you've never seen Chain Dive, that's a pretty rad as fuck uh, PS2 uh, action platformer. Uh, maybe go give that a play if you ever get the chance. It's pretty neat. But yeah, there was, though I, I there was uh, one that had Tails Concerto on it. Oh yeah, Tail Concerto. That one actually came to America. But yeah, like my, years later. Yeah, when yeah. That demo just came out. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where like uh, sometimes eventually someone will pick those up, and sometimes they wouldn't. But you got you got some really interesting things. Uh, those old PlayStation Underground demo discs also had like. A, a series uh, of showing like the the slow uh, assembly of essentially a tempest style uh, tube shooter uh, that was labeled Project Wormhole that was just supposed to be like this is sort of the uh, process of how a game goes from like a design concept to completion and on the you know on a very simple limited uh, minimum viable product but it was still a very interesting thing that you would not see and yeah i i like demo discs i missed them a lot uh many many months i could not actually like buy a new game and like we didn't really have a lot of extra money to rent but we had a subscription to like various things that came packed with demo discs so i played a lot of demos of, like when you have a demo disc and that's all you, all the new games you're playing that month you'll play a lot of demos for games you would not have otherwise played and, you know, that expanded my horizons. I enjoyed doing that. And sometimes demos preserve, like, weird esoteric shit that doesn't make it into the final game because either aspects of the demos were monkeyed with in order to uh, keep the... in order to hide something about the final game or it's, it's just the game's not finished and changes were made to it. Uh, I'll never forget that uh, the FF8 demo that came with, I believe, Brave Fencer Musashi, uh, has some very strange things in it, uh, not the least of which is, uh, like, first of all, it's, it's, the, it's the mission to, it's the mission right at the start of the game uh, where you're supposed to, where you end up, like, being chased by a giant mechanical spider. Uh, it shoved Renoa into your party just sort of because I don't know what the thought process was. Maybe they just wanted to hide some of the characters and Renoa was already in promotional shops, so they were just going to do that. 
Maybe it was something else, hard to say, but it shoves her in your party, and it uh, shows a version, a, a decoy version of the uh, cutscene that end the CG cutscene that ends that uh, scene, because like at the end. Uh, the giant mechanical spider is chasing you. You get to the boats. The uh, one of the people on the boat uh, gets on like a gun embankment and shoots the shit out of it until it blows up. In the final game, that's your instructor, Questa. She makes sure to. She, she is the one that does that. In that demo, it's just a generic dude. No, actually, that, that's not the only time that's there. I'm glad I'm not the only one who knows about that. Um, so mm -hmm. I had a demo VHS tape on the Yeah, production. where it shows that too. Yeah, uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII that had that scene in there because it was one of their upcoming games. And it shows that exact same scene with, you know, the generic dude on the gun. I was, and then when it was actually Questus, I was like confused as shit. Like what happened here? And the answer is, I assume they were just trying to hide some of the characters, but it's weird. Like that that would have been expensive to produce. Maybe they originally intended for maybe Questus being in that scene was a later addition. Who knows? But like it's CG was an expensive part of those games, and making decoy CG is very. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I love demo discs. Um, I miss them terribly. Uh... Sadly, most things don't have the ability to play demos anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Like consoles do, but modern, new PCs, if you're buying a new, a new PC now, it's not going to have any <laughs> type of optic drive. Yeah, no, you're going to have to provide that yourself. Okay, let's hit uh, one more before my brain dies. Okay. Which the following Capcom IPs is most like is most unlikely to be resurrected? 1942 Final Fight, Maximo, Lost Planet, Steel Battalion, and Power Stone. Yes. Oh, um, that goes to another piece of news this week. Was Capcom has actually stated they are looking into their old IPs. Yeah, yeah, they've mentioned that a few times, and I'm sure some of these will come back. Oh, sweet. Uh, Time for a new Dragon's Dogma, then. I mean, Itsuno was offered Devil May Cry 5 or Dragon's Dogma 2, and he chose Devil May Cry 5. It wouldn't surprise me if he then made Devil, if he then made Dragon's Dogma 2. Sweet. And that... It's also... Dragon's Dogma 2 was also one of their uh, things that was leaked as being at one point in the works a few years ago. And that's the only dragonish themed RPG we'll need for out of Capcom. Don't fucking do this. <laughs> okay, it's too late for this. I'm too tired. Um, okay, so we're going to go down this in list order of things I think are most likely to least likely. Uh, most likely, I'd honestly probably throw like Final Fight in there as like some sort of smaller scale title, perhaps a download specific title. Uh, that would make perfect sense to me. Uh, 1942 is in the same vein. They've done that before. No one remembers 1942 Joint Strike, but it was a uh, Xbox Live Arcade game from the 360 era. That's just something that you can cheaply make a throwback 1942 game and get some money for it. It's like, eh, might as well. 
Totally see that happening. Steel Battalion. I don't actually think this will happen, but it does have a hardcore fan base that can theoretically be catered to. The last time it happened was Steel Battalion Heavy Armor as a Kinect game. Uh, I could totally see some some ambitious company making a Steel Battalion VR. Like, that would make perfect sense to me. Uh, because that cuts out the additional manufacturing costs. Because, like, that's the thing that keeps them from ever trying Steel Battalion again. It's like a 43-button controller with three pedals. Like, that's super expensive. Super boutique. Super limits the game's appeal. But if you put it in VR, I mean, PR has limited appeal, but, you know... You can you can make the cockpit as complicated as you need to because the player is moving around in a virtual space. Uh, Lost Planet, I could go either way on this. This might come back someday. I don't think that there's enough of a fan base for it. It was a well enough liked game, but it's one of those things where I would describe it as no one's favorite game. Uh. So, like, I could see Lost Planet happening someday, but I don't have, like, I, I would not, if it were up to me, it would probably not be high on my priorities list if I were making decisions in Capcom, because it's just like, who, it's Lost Planet, who gives a shit? Um, but, yeah, that's that's just me. Um, after that, Power Stone. Uh, I mean, like, it's a unique fighting game IP. I could see them maybe having the gumption to try to make it as sort of like a Smash alternative, but like it doesn't really have the name power. Like there are hardcore Power Stone fans, but you know they're we're pretty few and far in between. And you know it's it you know they, they've collected it in the past. There was a PSP Power Stone collection that was pretty decent, but you know there's there's too many fighting games out there for everyone to be big. Yeah, there's it's also just that like. Hardcore fighting game fans don't care about Power Stone, and that's, like, kind of a big deal. Because, like, it's it's not really a game I've ever even heard of someone playing competitively, to put it in perspective. Like, it's it's not... It, it's built so non-standard. Uh, and, like, that's, that's fun, but, yeah, I, I don't really see that coming back. Who knows? And, It'd be fun. I'd, I'd be in favor of it, but I don't know what the market would be. Yeah, and Chaos comments that he wouldn't be surprised if they tried to smash Dragon's Dogma 2 into the RE7 engine. Oh, yeah, no, it would be in the RE engine, if it was going to be in anything. Devil May Cry was in the RE engine. Like, it's it's just their standard next-gen engine at this point. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise was in the RE engine. It's actually seemingly a very versatile, well-put-together engine, which Capcom's, like, the one... Japanese developer that was like, we were go we're going to make our own internal engines and didn't immediately destroy themselves. So, I mean, kudos to their technology team. They're actually quite good. Unlike um, Square, where every time they tried they to make a game, trying. They, they, we, we have to get a new game, new engine for every <laughs> new game. You can, you can tell that eventually people within Square started revolting at this, because that's why they eventually start, like, all of their games that are not designed to push a new engine are just made in Unreal at this point. <laughs> because as it turns out, they would just rather work with something that works. Uh, yeah, I mean, as, as much as I sh diss on Epic, I will say the Unreal engine is a good engine. It's, it's certainly not the disaster that Luminous Studio or the Crystal Tools were. Okay, uh, but that leaves us to the last one here, Maximo. I don't think that's ever coming back. Uh, 
for, for a multitude of reasons. Maximo was the brainchild of a uh, of Capcom US, essentially. Like, Capcom US doesn't make games anymore. They haven't in a very, very long time. Uh, not since the end of the PS2 era. There's footage floating around of a partially made and scrapped Maximo 3. But yeah, the issue with Maximo being... Uh, not many people remember it. The hardcore who do care are also people that you can sell ghosts and goblins to. If you're going to re-release... Even if you were going to make a 3D Ghosts and Goblins, you would just call it Ghosts and Goblins. You wouldn't call it Maximo. Maximo is the name they got... Is the IP they devised because Capcom Japan said, no, you can't use Ghosts and Goblins. <laughs> like, it was basically them being like, here's your cake you can go ruin. Like, there's... It, you know, like, I don't even hate... Okay, I hit Maximo 1, but that's for very personal reasons. But, like, Maximo 2, perfectly fine game. Uh, extremely cromulent. But, like, again, anyone you could sell a Maximo game to, you could sell a Ghosts and Goblins game to just as easily. Probably more so. So, like, even if you wanted to make an homage to Maximo in the sense of making a 3D Ghosts and Goblins, you would just make a 3D Ghosts and Goblins. So I don't foresee us ever seeing a Maximo game again. If they made a 3D Ghosts and Goblins, I could totally see them cheekily letting you play as Maximo, perhaps as an alternate skin for Arthur, perhaps as, like, a side character, who knows. But, like, that's already getting deep into the weeds. Like, they, they only make a new Ghosts and Goblins whenever they hire Tokuto Fujiwara to do something again. That only happens, like, once every ten years. So... Oh, is that yeah. how we got the remake of Ghosts and Goblins? That wasn't a remake, that was a sequel, but yes, Tokuto Fujiwara was higher was contracted. No, I'm talking about the new one that just released. I thought it was a uh, remake. Yeah, no, it's it's a sequel. Resurrection is a sequel. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, like that that is how we got that. Like the previous one, Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins, Chomakaimura, whatever you want to call it, that was directed by Tokuto Fujiwara on a contract basis. Ghosts and Goblins Resur Resurrection, directed by Tokuto Fujiwara on a uh, contract basis. Tokuto Fujiwara, for those who don't know, is a very old school Capcom uh, director. Like, he was the old guard back in the Super Nintendo era. Like, extremely like early Capcom did uh, direction or produ production work on just dozens of their early arcade and NES titles. I believe he's credited on basically all of their Disney titles. Like, uh, huge, huge uh, deal. He's the reason that Resident Evil was allowed to happen, basically. Because that game had a troubled development, and he used his clout to protect the development team. They didn't... Re like, the development team was never made aware that that game was almost cancelled, like, three times. Uh, so, yeah. He, he's the reason that Resident Evil happened, and he left almost immediately after it. Uh, formed a company called Whoopi Camp that made two games, Tomba and Tomba 2 The Evil Swine Return, were being eaten by Sony, uh, making a very forgotten PS2 survival horror game called Extermination, and then uh, I I have very little idea what he did after that. I own that yeah. game. Yeah. It's not horrible, it's just largely forgotten. But, yeah. Uh, Tokido Fuji Tokido Ugh, Tokido Fujiwara is a uh, is is a true legend of old school game dev, and there's very little uh, English information about him. 
Shinji Mikami, who uh, is still running around as head of Tango Gameworks, which means he's technically a Microsoft employee now, now that I think about it, because they were bought by <laughs> ZeniMax, who was then bought by Microsoft. Point is, uh, Shinji Mikami, uh, from what few interviews I've read from him, had a tremendous amount of respect for Tokudo Fujiwara as well. So, uh, his uh, legacy continues to this day. But yeah. Uh, I, I would not suspect we will ever see a new Maximo game. Uh, simply because it, you need to decide to do that in preference to a Ghost and Goblins, and that's basically never going to happen. <sighs> but yeah. Uh, well, I'm dead to the world. What about you, Tim? <laughs> I'm just thinking about getting dinner. Okay, then that means we should start thinking about closing up shop. I'm sleepy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys aren't going to be, uh, <laughs> you guys are East Coast. I am not. <laughs> I'm West Coast, but I'm also very tired. Oh, I, I thought you were East Coast for some reason. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I'm Mountain Time, so it's almost midnight, but I work nights. So I, as you guys know, I'm usually getting home like half an hour ago. So this is normal uptime. <laughs> Uh, well, in any case. Good night. Uh, what? No, we're not what? done. We need to plug. Oh, oh right. Plug. Uh, okay. Since Gaijin is not here, I will do some plugging. Uh, have you considered that you might need more lit RPG in your life? Or perhaps just to experience the vicarious joy of uh, teenagers getting used to the idea of, what if we played a tabletop <laughs> RPG? <laughs> well, you... Uh, you have a fine option from one Michael Yarimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-C-U, uh, available via kin Kindle and Kindle Unlimited. That is Princesses of the Pizza Parlor. Uh, don't 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 trust uh, children to play uh, tabletop RPGs 100% perfectly their first time. But what's the joy of telling a story about uh, tabletop RPGs without someone having made some bad choices? So. Uh, maybe give those a shot. They are uh, also available in paperback form, if that is your preference. But, yeah. Uh, give those a look. Let's see. <laughs> Sorry. Brain is dead. Uh, I got nothing to promote because I've been dog-fucking-tired the past forever, so I haven't been able to write. Uh, Tam, promote a thing. Tell me about streams. Yes, and we have many streams uh, at our, on twitch.tv slash rpgamer, where a uh, number of us are playing different RPGs. Uh, you can catch me and Hairfrog uh, Tuesday and Thursday mornings. You can catch JC Servant usually at night. However, uh, he is under the weather right now and not sure when he will be back on. And then mm -hmm. uh, you can catch Wheels hosting his uh, Q&A quest as well they're live uh and we do take live comments and uh we those can are also... usually on wednesday nights at 9 p.m pacific and then uh we maybe have um you cannot uh, and we have uh scar as well tuesdays and fridays doing a retro snes wheel um sundays uh busy mornings with scar and hair frog they're doing some playthroughs of different stuff and then uh 
Saturdays, we've got our RPG cast live, if you want to catch it live instead of catching the cast. So, yeah, just a bunch of stuff always going on, and you never know who may drop in for some random streams as well. Think of possibilities. Who else? Plug something. Uh, uh, Sunday Night Shenanigans. Um, we're going to be playing. Uh, it's the show we do every Sunday night and twitch.tv slash rpgamer. We're going to be doing Victor Van for a while as a a super duper overdue tribute to the late editor-in-chief Max Storm. Uh, so I'm going to be <laughs> just playing right. doing playing that on Sunday nights until we beat it. And of course, uh, Tim already went over when you can catch us normally, so yeah, which you should do. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, if you want to ask us questions, like dear friend Fireminer did, to prevent me from going on the most nonsensical possible tangents, you can do that by going to the Armor, uh, the RP Gamer Discord. Uh, and posting them in the podcast section or in the comments section under this very episode or stream them at wheels on Twitter. That happens sometimes or in the comments section if you catch a slide. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you aren't part of the RP Gamer Discord, you should join even if you don't want to ask us questions because there's often good discussions happening there about your favorite RPGs or other things. They don't even have to be RPGs sometimes. Sometimes we just talk about other things. Sometimes I get pinged to have some sort of opinion about anime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, though. Sometimes um, I not so subtly throw digs at your favorite RPG series, whatever that may be. Not even, it's not even subtle. You're just, a, you're just bad at trolling. <laughs> but uh, Bad or lazy, or both? Both. Yes. You're putting no effort in, and you're putting no effort in badly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can you can join the Discord by going to the to RP Gamer and clicking the community tab. That will get you an invite. It's a lovely community, except for when Wheels decides to shit it up for no reason. <laughs> well, uh, there's a reason, all right. No, there isn't. I just don't know what it is, but there's a reason. If you don't know what the reason is, then it's the same as having no reason. I disagree. Okay, okay. Let's, let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> yeah, we're done with this shit. Uh, thanks once again, Fireminer, for providing enough questions to hopefully get us to 2024. Woo! Uh, Woo! 2024, more years. Uh, okay, but yeah. You'll otherwise... make it, David. You'll make it. Oh no, I'll be I'll be found dead in the gutter sometime in 2023. Um, but otherwise, see you, Space Cowboys. Bye. Oh, quite now, I've had enough. I guess it's now or never. I've been around, I've settled up. I'll go soon or later. So pray for me, bro.